Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Grip and Grin. Special episode for you today. We are talking about not filling the freezer, but now emptying the freezer. You just love to talk about filling the freezer. And now we finally get to unload that filled beast. Yes, we have to discuss about how we empty our freezers, the ways we go about doing that, and our our biased favorism towards like how we prepare that food. I mean, we just came off an amazing deer steak dinner. <laughs> like so tender. So tender. I was in heaven. You saw my face. It I was literally, enjoying that. It literally brought you back to a childhood memory, as you told I me. I know. Haven't thought about that memory in since it happened over 15 years ago. <laughs> Rewind. I like, know. Oh. Crazy. So we are going to talk about, during this podcast, all of the different fish, turkey, partridge, deer, and maybe some odds and ends. Um, maybe a little bit. <laughs> but uh, let's get into... You know, we're in ice fishing season. Yeah, I'm biased. I'll admit I love my brown trout, as we, as the listeners know. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, as far as our game fish goes, our salmon, our brook trout, brown trout. Just our trout in general. Yeah. How how we go about preparing those from the field. Maybe, maybe they make it to the freezer. Maybe they don't. But going from there to your plate. Well, as you know, I have... My freezer stocked full of trout, in particular brook trout, but I still have a good amount of brown trout and salmon. But my cooking methods are similar but different in a way. Yeah. I mean, I'll cook each species basically the same. It's all dependent on the size. The scales of like a brown trout or a salmon doesn't really affect how I cook. It's more so if it's a big honking fish versus a little brook brook trout well, you gotta remember too that you're freezing most of your fish so most of my fish don't even make it to the freezer like i catch it that day i'm cooking it that night for my meal usually i'm hoping that i can have my meal and still freeze <laughs> <laughs> we all can't be master fishermen what can i say i'm definitely not a master i just sure try to be. you sure as hell catch more fish than i do yeah i mean i'm still eating fish from last year yeah. Last spring, you got cycled those through. Yeah, I know. So it's it's like cycling in milk at a re- uh, grocery store. So true. Put it towards the front, baby. So if we're starting with like a brook trout, yep. One of my main ways to cook it is on the grill or any game fish for that matter. But there's multiple methods I have to grilling it. But the basis of it is having like a medium heat, and I wrap it in a foil, and then I put my seasoning on it. For seasonings, I can either do like a a lemon pepper like marinade per Ooh, se. Yeah. Yep, I got you. Or I do minced garlic with butter, and then I actually put a lemon in there. And butter's key because that that keeps it nice and yep. moist. Like yep. Now the skin of that rookie is just so thin that it's like literally like I, like tissue paper. Oh yeah. I, I mean say. I I love the skin of fish. Yeah, you can just eat that. I love it. So, and the grill it's a little different because. You know, it's pretty. Mo- it keeps pretty moist in there, so the skin doesn't really crisp like a, a fry pan method. Right. But with, you know, when I'm cooking it on the grill, it's usually a decent-sized fish where I have my seasoning on it, I take it off the grill, and then it's 
I'm ready to either right off the tin foil or aluminum foil. Now, by means of grill, we're talking about propane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, grill. my old man swears by the charcoal. Swear. Oh, it tastes so much better. It does taste better. I agree. I just don't have one. So. Yeah, I exactly. Convenience. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, propane it works just fine, especially if it's in tin foil. Like, you're good. Yeah. But like with right now being winter. I cook a lot of my fish in the oven, a, a majority of my fish actually in the oven because I'm between fall and spring, Yeah, not really grilling a lot, and I'm up at school, so I don't really have a grill to work with. So my, my absolute favorite thing to do is just do the exact same thing, but just in the oven. Yep. And what I do is, you know, a lot of people like to, to wrap the entire fish in aluminum foil, but sometimes I want one side of the fish crispier. Mm. So okay. I'll actually have it open. So oh. then it crisps the top of it. Yep. Like a broil. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I literally have it on broil. Yep. So then I can have like the best of both worlds because I really like the crisp of the skin sometimes. And, and sometimes like, you know, wifey's all about like, you know, oh, it stinks up the house sometimes. Like you get that fish smell. And that's kind of like the benefit of cooking on the grill. You don't get that really. I mean, in the stove too, it actually does minimize it quite a bit. Not obviously as much as cooking it outside, right? But versus the stovetop, yeah. I mean, you're you're really gonna minimize it. If you cook bacon on the stovetop, you're gonna <laughs> smell it. But if you cook it in the oven, it's not too yeah. potent. So, you're putting garlic. You're putting butter. Yeah, um, those are like lemon. Uh, my my bread and butter. Your per bread se. and butter. Yeah, I feel like we say that every episode, but you gotta. Yep. It's like our our staple, basically. Yeah, it is. But brown trout, like if I'm going to my brown trout, my go-to, I am, and people will be like, "Why the hell are you doing that?" So when I catch my brown trout, obviously clean it out, but I also descale it out in the ice. Um, just, I feel like descaling it. Brown trout tend to have a little bit slimier kind of. Same with salmon. What I noticed today when I was rinsing off a salmon, yeah. I just like shake it a little bit, yep. and then I just see slime producing. So I I descale it because the scales aren't large, but it gets rid of that kind of fishy taste to it a little bit. So if I get rid of that, it just it helps with the the cooking process in my opinion. Makes eating the the skin a little bit easier too. But uh, it's a little bit I wouldn't say coarser than a brook trout. How would you thicker? Definitely had, yeah, a little more girth to it. Yeah. So what I do is once I get home, um, you know, I kind of do the same idea with the tinfoil. I do, I do it in the stovetop. I've done it in the oven. Do it on the grill. Whichever I feel like, I take slices of lemon, slide those in there. I haven't experimented with citruses. I love – I'm just a big – I just love lemon. Like, oh, it's, I love squeezing the lemon on there. It's yeah. just so good. I don't know. Have you tried orange? Mmm. What about a lime? That's why I was just what about to say. What if you did fish tacos okay. with a lime? So I literally was going to try this the other day, mm. but I didn't have like a couple things. So I was like, oh, I can't do it. But I've literally looked up the recipe and I was about to do it. We should do it. So yes, make a note of that. But so I, I stuff it with obviously um, with lemon, but I always make a little concoction. I do rosemary, uh, minced garlic. And I'll do um, squeeze a lemon in there, and I'll also do some uh, olive oil. Mix that up, and then I brush it on the fish. You're putting way more work than I do, I'll <laughs> tell you that much. I'm just like slapping a f- like as few ingredients as possible, and then adding heat. <laughs> yeah, and like 
you know, if there's a little bit, like, once I get that kind of glazed over the fish, I do it inside the fish, too, and then stuff it with slices of lemon. Um, wrap that up, throw it on the grill, give it some time, and how long? Uh, 15 minutes? Yeah. 20 usually, minutes? Yeah, 15, 20. And usually it's just, ugh, mouth-watering. It's like pulling the backstrap off in one big chunk. Yes. I try and, oh, yeah, I, I peel one side off. I try and get it off one, one side, and then I'll just pull that like spinal strip yeah, of like yeah. ribs and everything and it's just so satisfying but do you ever fillet <sighs> no i mean i only fillet if it's a honker but, but i mean i'll be honest with you like we've talked about in previous episodes i haven't caught a behemoth of a fish i just it's it's on my bucket list don't get me wrong but i just haven't yeah i feel that you know and I definitely have to mention, though, when I'm catching these, like, smaller, like, six, seven-inch brook trout from, like, little brooks, I'm always going to cook that on the stovetop every single time because I love just literally just butter and crisping the skin up. Yeah. To, like, a nice bubbly brown almost. Yep. It almost, like, pops, like, popcorn a little bit. Okay. Mm. And then I eat fish so often I kind of get – sick of it a little bit i mean i have so much of it <laughs> i'm giving it away <laughs> but cocktail sauce if you get really oh, sick really? of it cocktail sauce i thought about that the other day i was having shrimp oh, okay and you know you have big chunks like backstrap yeah, yeah, yeah. per se yeah, yeah, yeah. just dip it in there it's perfect every time so if i get like sick of it and i need a little a little change i mean I will compare cocktail sauce to like an A1 where I'm not respecting the animal yeah, per got, se, but yeah. I respect it enough that I have it every week. Yeah, I got you. I got you. But the fish taco, that's, that's we a We got to do it. We have to do might it. Might have to do that tomorrow night. That might you're, have to you're happen. You're speaking. <laughs> <laughs> that might have to happen. Pick up some uh, tortillas on the way back. You know what I'm saying? Do you know what's underrated? Mm. White perch. Oh, my gosh. Dude. That is probably the first, and this sounds ridiculous. That's probably the first wild fish. That's like the first, like, instead of like fish sticks that you buy, like, yeah. you know, the supermarket or whatever. I'm saying, like, you catch it and you eat it. That's like the first fish that I, like, ate as a kid. I know there's like the stereotypical, like, fish fry. The first ever fish fry I was mm-hmm. a part of was of white perch, and it's delectable. It's just amazing. I feel like this, like, I would say an eight to like ten inch white perch is a perfect size. I haven't tried it with like the big ones. I usually go with like the smaller ones, and you just take some egg, you know, get it all like caked in there. Then take some uh, panko or uh, use cornbread, cornmeal, cornmeal, oh, yeah, yeah, cornmeal, and then yeah. like deep fry that. Oh my gosh, savory, savory, just amazing. Now, another thing that is underrated and underappreciated are smelts. I, I have no experience. So like with, you, you've boasted. <laughs> you've just, oh, you tell me stories about this all the time. See, we have the, the white perch, and you have to fillet it, and then you have to scale it. Yeah. Because the scales on a perch are mean. Yeah. But with the smelt, and I, I think I'm doing it right. You know, I just cut the head off and gut it like any other fish. Yep. Whole fish, egg, and then your flour with a little seasoning on it, and then fry it, and then you eat the entire thing. Because the bones just kind of like yeah, the the, the bones brittle. are just cooked, so it's just like a chip. 
That's just it's crazy. not even noticeable crunch. And it's so, so, so good. What size so good. what size smelts are like what's a big smelt? Like what's a what's a honker? Oh. What's a honker? Um I gotta hold up my fingers. <laughs> the right. band's holding up two fingers. Um eight inches maybe? <laughs> I don't know. I mean I don't measure my smelts because they're all going in the bucket. That's true. I mean Is there a limit on smelts? Isn't it like uh two quarts? Dude, I have no idea. I would have to check. Hmm. But I never ever get to that point. I'm not like getting oodles right. of smelts. But they're so good. And then dip them in cocktail sauce. That's where I got the idea from. Gotcha. So then I just transfer that over. But I always wanted to try it with like small brook trout. Probably be the same thing. That's what I was going to ask you. Like those little six, eight inchers that you're catching, like are that's when you fry them, is that how you're going like, to? Well, the-, the issue is like the labor time to frying smelts versus like five trout. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really equal out. When I'm frying smelts, I got like 40 of them and I'm I'm able to feed like four or five people. Right. But if I'm just, I got to get the oil up and all that. It's just too much work. Unless yep. I had a frick ton of them. Right. Mm. I haven't tried it. I mean, I, I definitely would like to, but I. We should go. We should. I, it's a freaking good rent time. A, is it like renting a shack, right? Yeah, you rent a shack and you're probably next to some yahoos. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it's not you? Or? <laughs> you know, you'll be surprised. I'm actually in there to catch fish. I'm one of the few. You want to bet? I'll bet you right now. I haven't had an alcoholic drink in a shack. <laughs> That's bullshit. You want to bet? I'll bet you. I doubt that. I am so confident because I've only gone with family. I'm going to hit up your friends and I... <laughs> Never been with my friends, actually. Surprising. What? Yeah. What? Never been drinking in a smell shack. All right. Why is it, is it illegal? You're not supposed to. <laughs> that was the case a couple years ago, but I still uh, haven't, surprisingly. And you go all night? Is that... I mean, the night shift's the best shift. Is it? Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Cool. We got to try it. We'll try it out. So, all right. If we're getting to a game that's, like, up there as far as status, I think Turkey lands on that podium. I think a lot of people... They underestimate the quality of this bird. They always say, oh, isn't that gamey? Isn't it tough? Isn't it blah, blah, insert some sort of complaint? It's all about how you cook and process that. And that I will say this about almost any anything to an extent, obviously. But if people say it's gamey or it doesn't taste good or it's tough, it's usually due to the cook, and you're not correct. You're not gonna you're not processing the animal correctly or cooking it correctly. Correct. I, I mean, mean that goes hand in hand. When you're in the field, when I mean this is like my most recent experiences with turkey hunting because I've only been turkey hunting for a couple of years now, and you know, getting access to that meat, I mean, it's no different than, like, you pull up the, the feathers of the of the breast, if you will, and just cut that little membrane of the skin, and you can tear that open, and it is just absolutely, like, I mean, it's, it's a thing. It's a frick ton of meat. <laughs> I mean, I froze it. That meat goes a lot lower than you think, and too. And it's a lot thicker than you think. Oh, yeah. It is fat. Oh, yeah. So, like, when you cut that breast, that first breast, you want to follow that, that bone breastplate like all the way down and just follow goes far down on the back far down the front and then you can see how good of a shot you are to see how many bbs are in it fact but holy crap that one breast and we've talked about this in previous podcasts is like it will overfill a dinner plate 
that oh, one it'll, breast. It will feed people. One breast, okay? Then you get the other one, and we'll talk about the breast meat first, but you've experienced also the leg meat. Yes, yes, um, I have. So we'll get it. We'll get into like how do we process our our turkey breast? Because we're not do not just cook the entire turkey. Yeah, breast. then not at all. So, like you said, when you breast it out, but I always process it into individual meals. So I'll cut the breast up for a serving of myself, and then every time I want to cook for either me or some other people, I just take out how many people are eating. Yep. And I cook it the same every single time, which is thawed out and i will be a firm believer that you have to thaw meat out slowly you can't just rush it out can't that's just my opinion though i don't know that there's probably science behind this but probably i always take my time thawing and then get the excess like water out of it from like the freeze yep and marinate it in italian dressing for 24 hours every time yes 24 hours is key but what i do is Obviously, you cut it to the sizes when you froze it and whatever. But before I marinate, I always tenderize it. I always flatten it down. See, I don't do that. Ah, see, I tenderize it because a turkey breast is freaking thick. Thick. Yes, it's definitely thick. I bring it down to like half an inch. See, I keep, I don't even touch it. Really? Yeah, I just marinate it. How thin are you cutting it though? I mean, so when you take it off the bird, I'm not like making it thinner. No, 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 no. Like you're slicing right yeah so i mean uh, like an eight ounce steak like, Dude, i don't I, know how to describe it I, I i beat that right down with a mallet and i tenderize it and then i put the marinade in and let it sit for 24 hours see what then after i you know i marinate it i put it in the oven i only cook it in the oven ever ever have not and then on the grill when it comes out it's so freaking juicy oh yeah and then everyone's like, that's wild turkey. Yeah, they think it's chicken. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, isn't it really good? It's like, oh, my God, it's so, like, tender. Yep. I've done kebabs with it. Um, that's pretty good. It's just same marinade. It's just Italian dressing. That's all it is. I have tried uh, balsamic. That's pretty good, too. Yeah, I remember you doing that. Because I didn't have Italian dressing, so I was like, screw it. Might as well do my own concoction it's here. the only time I use Italian dressing. <laughs> I always tell tell the wife, I'm like, hey, on your way home, pick up some Italian dressing. I mean, I don't really experiment much with the breast itself. I mean, well, you can do a turkey schnitzel. Yeah, I mean, you experiment you more it. than me, but I just enjoy that one method so much that I really don't need to do much more. And it's yeah. not like I have a whole deer's worth of turkey, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my turkey, you can freeze it, obviously, but usually. It doesn't even make it to the freezer. If it does, it's only in there for like a couple weeks. See, for me, like... I eat that right up. I have a meal right off, but then it la- I eat it very sparingly because I just enjoy it so much. So I have like every other, yeah, every you have so much, week. Right, you have so much wild game. You got to just, yeah. you got to cycle through. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm over here like, I got a bird, finally food, I'm going to eat it. And all I have is like venison off to the side of that. I mean, I still have turkey legs. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so you start experimenting with turkey legs. Yeah, I mean. How do you do that? It is a pretty interesting process. So the first time I got one, I mean, I didn't look up anything. I'm like, all right, do I just debone it? All right. Don't do that. It's way more (laughs) difficult than it looks. Just put it in the crock pot with, like, chicken broth or any broth you choose. Dice up some onions in there. 
and then just slow cook it all damn day. And then when you get back to it, pull it out, let it cool for a second, and then you can literally just take your fingers and take all the meat off the bone. And all the tendons are going to be part of the meat, so you have to filter those out, but it's really easy. And then you just have this shredded, like, roast meat. Kind of like a pulled pork type Exactly, and that's what I made it into. That's cool. It was very good. So it's pulled pork, but it's pulled turkey. Yep, exactly. You could do it. I That's what I did. I had pulled pork, but I want to try a lot more things with it. Or have, like, a simple, like, slop meal just with gravy and mashed potatoes. Yep. Underrated. Ooh. Underappreciated. And a lot of people leave that out in the field. I still am kind of beside myself with um, that turkey that I shot. It's like it had that green kind of leg. Then I'll pass. He's so weird. I don't know. Like it was like bruised in a sense. Fighting. That's my only thing I can think of. I mean, I got pictures of this. It's like green. It's like a green slime color. It's not slime, but it's like a bruised green color. It's weird. Just off-putting when it comes to eating something (laughs) (laughs) yeah i that was just weird i saw that and i was like yeah i'll sit with that i don't know what's in there but yeah the pulled pork i mean you want to utilize as much of that bird as possible and that's what i've been trying to do i've been trying to process game better so i'm utilizing what i get more of yeah same with uh you know if you process a fish a lot of people cut back behind mm. uh, the front fin quite a bit and you're losing a bunch of meat right correct. there. correct yep so it's like everything i can do to minimize waste per se yep exactly another bird that we well that i have more recently just started to get into was the partridge the most tender chicken nuggets you can get from so mother good. nature i freak i the only thing about partridge that sucks is during deer season Yes. So I'm never going. Well, like this year was great because you were, yeah, you were able to get out I was there. Able to get out there. Like my cousin and I went up north and drove the drove the logging roads and bird hunted, and I got my my first. Well, no, it wasn't my first part. Yeah, you got your first with me. I got my first with you, and that was just shit luck. Yeah, walking through dense hemlocks, <laughs> freaking lands in a tree right next to me. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay, but no, like that that. I've also experimented with the balsamic vinaigrette with partridge, and that was delish. I've also tried, when I fried it, I basted it with butter to keep it, like, nice and moist. That's all I do right there. Oh, baby. Just a little garlic in that. (sighs) So Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. So good. Makes me a little gassy sometimes, (laughs) but it's good. When you're in the field, though, you showed me a pretty cool trick, and most bird hunters... They know about this, but it's a really cool trick on getting to that breast meat. So it's pretty simple. I mean, I learned it from my uncle, and all you have to do is you flip the bird on its back, feet towards you. You step on both the wings closer to, like, the torso. The body, yeah. Grab both legs and then slowly just pull up. Slowly. Very slowly. That's key Mm -hmm. because then you don't want to accidentally screw it all up, and then you have a mess to deal with. But if you do it correctly and keep pulling and pulling and pulling, you'll pull the innards right out. Right. And then you are you just have the breast meat right there. Yep. Ready Boom. to go. Done. And it's usually perfectly clean, like very minimal feathers on it. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. I mean, heck, mine was still like kind of twitching when I did that. I was like, <laughs> I mean, the nerves were just going through it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like this is like fresh meat. Like this is like 
doesn't get much fresher than this. Yeah, that, that's the definition of eating it right after you kill it. Oh, so good. I, I mean, partridges, in my opinion, that's one of those things that I would like to do more. And it's just you're really dictated by your success I in know. a different season. It's so true. So true. I haven't really gone bird hunting in a long Gosh, time. Yeah. Long time. And I, I want to, but. Maybe we have to sacrifice a weekend. Oh, it would be great if we could time our to- our October lull. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be if you could track your October lulls and then based on history kind of go with that and take that, that weekend off from deer hunting, from archery hunting, go bird hunting. I wish there was like a law where you can't like deer hunt on Sunday, but you can bird hunt. Yeah. That would be cool. Another another bird that's like overlooked. Woodcock. Uh okay. All right. <laughs> you got me. Uh goose during October. Goose. I mean duck. I haven't done either of those before. I haven't either. I mean duck hunting I mean I could duck hunt literally on the way to work. Year. I, I uh <laughs> when I bought my Does that not does that doesn't come with super pack, does it? But you have to just check a box, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Okay. But I would, I have I'm not planning on it. But just in case, I check that box to say I might I'm gonna participate, even though I really don't know if I'm gonna, and I most likely won't. But I would I'll double check all my cross my T's and dot all my I's Correct. before I actually did it. But yep. trying to get it, just make sure I'm okay. And goose meat is like a almost like a reddish meat too. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I've never had goose. It's like a it's like a I've had duck. I've only had duck once. Duck's good. It's like very good. But once again, it depends on how you cook it. I have no idea. Oh. I've only had it once in a restaurant. Skin so on, baby. Skin that's on. That's how I had it. With a nice slice of lemon right there. Hmm. A little bit of rosemary. People are like, oh, duck's greasy. No, no. I mean, not no. <laughs> not from my experience. I had like a whole half of a duck. It was amazing. You know what annoys me? Mm. It's when someone, I mean, obviously I'll give the benefit of the doubt to these people. But when you, like, provide a game meat to someone who doesn't eat it often, you're like, oh, this isn't too gamey. It's the preconceived notion that it's going to be gamey. It's just kind of frustrating. It's like, it's literally, in my opinion, better than the store-bought stuff. But it's just the mentality around it. Exactly. Exactly. And people are just not exposed to it. You know, I have some friends that were like, you know, I had them over for a cookout. I was cooking turkey. And tell them it was turkey. Start eating it. Start eating it. They're like, oh, it's good chick. I was like, that ain't chicken. That there is wild turkey. <laughs> they're like, what? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. And ever since then, they're like, what do you got for me now? What do you got for me now? I'm like, all right. I've converted people from yeah. the supermarket butcher, you know, to wild. Like, the field is your butcher market. Every time I have an opportunity to just give a little taste for my friends of a steak or a fish i always put it out there i've always got positive responses even when i poke and prod to say is there an actual issue with it yeah because i always want yeah i want the criticism to know how to improve it hey i i literally my gosh by feeding people venison they have now taken on the role of a of a hunter like they have picked up the rifle and like i want to go get my own now i'm like yes that's what I'm talking about. I haven't successfully done that yet, but hopefully I can. Oh, can't even count one hand how many times I've done that. 
That is a great segue of talking about the main part of both of our freezers. I mean, two-thirds of my standing like chest freezer is of deer venison. 100%. <laughs> I, I'm fortunate not to have fish at the top shelf. Yeah, whatever. And a few other loose ends. But venison, mm, I mean, just think about the steak we just cooked, even though I mentioned that already. Gold gold oh man i th- this year especially i've become way more versatile yes with my venison cooking but i i would say that that be- the comfort of utilizing that meat comes with having um, a large amount that's very nice yes that but also like we've been doing this long enough we're like okay like this is this is how i do it next time this is how i do it next time and it just keeps getting better and yeah. better and better but when I bring my deer to my butcher, and we've talked about that, and people are like, oh, butcher, but I bring mine to the butcher, I have a specific way that I want my deer processed. Typically, I go with all my steaks, you know, loins and all that, shoulder. But um, I get my steaks, and then I do hamburg and sausage. But the steaks, I usually get my steaks quite large, like, I was um, quartered. Yeah. It's literally just quartered. Yeah, quartered. I mean, they're, they're large chunks. Because I like to have them almost like a thick steak that you get at like a, a steak, you know, restaurant. You're going to put it on the grill and you don't have to worry about it going through the cracks. Yeah, essentially. So I like a nice beefy, nice hearty type of chunk of venison steak. And typically how I cook those and process those, multiple ways, but this is like the, the gold, if you will, that we had tonight. So the way I like to process my venison steak is... You know, I add a little Montreal steak seasoning. Not too much. I don't cake it in it, but just enough to give it that little flavor. I still like that kind of hearty nature kind of... Venison That taste. gamey kind of taste to it. I like that a little bit. I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't describe it as gamey. No, like yeah, because then people are like, oh, it's gamey. Yeah. It's not, uh, but it has a distinct taste. I put it in a pan. I put some butter in there first, a little bit of butter. A little bit. A little bit of butter. And I sear it on one side, and I probably sear it for four minutes five minutes or so and as soon as you flip it you know i add a a large quantity i wouldn't say a whole stick but like a quarter to a half a stick of butter and i use that to baste so as soon as i flip it i start basting it to keep that that venison steak nice and moist and keep basting it for i would say five minutes or so and then what i've been doing is probing the deer with a thermometer and keep the temperature and i look for like 125 degrees 100 once it hits 120 degrees i take it right off i take it off because at 125 you're at medium rare okay so i take it off as you take it off as we know venison continues to cook so at 120 degrees that steak is off of there and i just let it sit and i let it sit for 10 minutes 10 15 minutes and then enjoy it is so good. It is so amazing. Good. Your friend made an awesome rub too. Homemade rub. Streeter, shout out to him. He made like a, I don't know the exact. Isn't it like brown sugar? And I mean, one of the main ingredients is a brown sugar and it just like caramelizes that steak and it gives it a nice crispy crust. Oh, it's so good. I'm hungry again. I would say that those are, that type of seasoning, he was like, you gotta use like a fatty meat. No, you don't. It is amazing on venison. But I use that on uh, steaks over the fire. 
We'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> so you get your you process your deer at a butcher, and I also do. And I would love to be able to butcher it myself. Just can't at the moment. You I have. Used, I have done yeah. it myself completely, which I'm I'm very proud to say that. Did in high school. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the man had a ladybug in his beer, and uh, I just kind of did a second glance into my beer to make sure there was ladybug free. <laughs> So when I take my deer to but- the butcher, he actually slices the steaks on the back straps and on the rear end. Do you so prefer I, that? I would say there's definite definite uh, pros to each. Yeah. And I have was lucky to get three deer last year. Two of them I had sliced, and then one I had quartered like you did. Yep. I never thought just to ask him to quarter it. Yep. Saves him, saves him a lot of work, yeah, too. Yeah, he was happy when I said it, and I... I don't know why. I was just stupid in the moment, never really thinking of it, but always had a slice primarily. So what I do is I always cook it in the fry pan, sometimes on the fire. Yes, we'll get into that. But yep. fry pan, butter, a little seasoning. But the difference is I can cook a whole package in under five minutes because you only need two minutes max on each side because Good. it's like only a half an inch thick. Right, right, right. Yes. So you're going to cook it so fast. The slices, You, you can't yeah. have it on high temperature either because then it's going to turn to leather immediately. Exactly. exactly. I mean, that's how when my stepdad used to cook deer, it was always sliced like that when he butchered it himself. So I only knew deer sliced before I met you. Yep. Which is very interesting. But when I get my tenderloins, they're full. Yeah. And I cook them exactly how you described, and it's just perfection. You've put so much time and effort into getting this meat. Why wouldn't you put that time and effort to showcase this meat and truly what it is? Like, I mean, it is, I keep saying it, it's like gold. I mean, it is amazing. It is so pure of just protein, so lean, zero, like little to no fat whatsoever. Just so healthy for you in general. I mean, until I add the butter to it. But. I mean, but <laughs> no fat on it to begin with. Yeah. And I'm not using as much butter because I'm not using or making as big as steaks. Yep. So it's really healthy all the way around. I mean, the only downside is butter. You can substitute an oil if you really want to. Yeah. I haven't done that because butter eh. always works the best. Butter, yeah. Yeah, butter's the go-to for me. But still amazing. Yes, agreed. For future reference, are you going to quarter those up from here on out? Or are you going to do like a mixed bag like mixed you did? bag because yep. I'm always hoping not to get one. <laughs> <laughs> if we get one, we are in deep shit. Yeah. Let's get into the, the, the okay, pride we, and joy we, here. We mentioned the fire multiple <sighs> times. And it, to this moment, unless something changes, yep. my favorite way to have deer steak over the fire. And I like to stick it right in the fire, burn the outside, and have the inside still raw. running through the woods. Raw. Oh, so, and you can eat venison raw. They're herbivores. Like, they're, you know, they're... They're just eating grass, acorns, so on and so forth. You you can eat that raw ceviche. You could do like a ceviche. I want. We need to try that. We need. We do need to try that. Yep. But over the fire, I mean, you can. It's so juicy. It just yep. like burning the outside just keeps it on the inside. I don't really understand the science behind it. Mm-hmm. But all I can tell you it's freaking gold. The steak that we had tonight that was like ra- like rare in the center and a little bit of brown on the on the outside it was perfect, but. Same with the fire. The fire, you're like, it falls apart in your mouth. Like, it's it's not even, some people might say, is it chewy? No. It just, it's like 
melts in your mouth. It's just, I think it's best with a sweet rub on it. Yes, the there. brown sugar rub. Yes, exactly. I was alluding to that. There's Bingo. other other rubs like maple or whatever you want to use. Mm. Yeah, I love bacon that. wrapped. I don't need to do that to venison. It's just good by itself. Overpowering. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you're disrespecting it a little I've, bit. I've tried to. I actually experimented with a my neighbor. He uh, gave me some organic um, farm raised uh, pigs bacon, and it's not like. A, like a bacon you would get at like a supermarket. It is like it's a little bit thinner. It doesn't have as like oh this overpowering bacon sense. And I'm like, man, this would be perfect for venison because it's not overpowering and it's a little bit easier to work with. So you could add complimentary. It. Yeah. It's not like fatty just dripping off it's I mean it's bacon, but it doesn't have that overpowering like smell or taste of bacon, which was I thought was interesting. I wanna mention one thing that you I think you did this recently. Surf and turf. Yes. Oh, my gosh, dude. So every year we try and do something different for, like, our Christmas dinners and stuff. So old man and I had a had a surf and turf. We did venison tenderloin, um, which we didn't marinate or anything. We just kind of left it as is because we're, like, we want it to be, like, a natural, like, taste. And then we did scallops that were just kind of, like, just run it through, a, a, a like, a seasoning, which... It's like a liquid seasoning. I'm trying to think. Almost like an Italian dressing in a sense. And shish kebab them. So tenderloin, scallop, tenderloin, scallop, tenderloin, scallop. And in between, we did bacon strips. And we just cut them, sliced them into like little squares. Dude. And we did it over a charcoal grill. Mm, Sounds so good. Oh, my gosh. Just mm, so good. I mean, you can eat scallops. You can eat venison. You can eat both of those raw. But just little bit five maybe like five minutes on each side done so good so good recommend i'm gonna have to do it i have some fresh ones frozen scallops yeah i had a couple quartz bags i was given holding out on me man the hell is that sorry man i see how it is Mm -hmm. (laughs) scallops are expensive yeah i know they're nice when they're free yeah eat them fresh Mm-hmm. You ate them fresh. Yes, I did. Yep. I got them on Christmas Day. That's I was right. eating them when I was handed them. They're like sweeter than what they are like cooked. Yep. So good. But at first, I was a little hesitant. I'm not going to lie. It's uh, not like an oyster where it's like. I love oysters. Though. I can't do oysters, man. I'm really not it's grossed like out a, a lot. snot. <laughs> kind of like that. Oh. <laughs> no it thanks. right down my throat. Perfect. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I am all set. Like, Salty. I'll take my fillet. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'll take my fillet of the sea. All right, burgers. You make damn good burgers. Hell yeah, I do. Because I also make damn good burgers. I've though. experimented though, so it's over. I mean, when I first started cooking burgers, they always fell apart. I'm like, what the hell? Like, and I've experimented a lot with, you know, how to hold it together. But this is the best successful way to cook a venison burger that is delish but also holds together so i buy a special seasoning from um the supermarket it's just like a burger seasoning you can buy any burger seasoning um and i just follow the not the recipe but just the quantity if you will for each pound and i usually do about depends on how many people i have a pound to two pounds of burger and i add in the seasoning and then i add just one egg per pound 
mix that up. You can add some breadcrumbs if you want to, but that's kind of almost like overpowering, I've discovered. You could add some onions and like peppers in there too, but meh. I, I've experienced the fact that the peppers actually like cause it to fall apart a little bit more too. So just the seasoning, uh, burger seasoning and one egg per pound, uh, mix that up. And when you cook it, when I make my patties, I make my patties a little bit bigger, a little bit thicker. I mean, you're looking at an inch thick patty, which is hefty. And people are like, jeez, I'm crow, that's thick. But when you do it, I always, when I make my patties, kind of push down the center a little bit with your thumbs. So it's almost like a, almost like a, a dish. Dimple. Yeah, dimple, like a dimple in the middle. And that helps uh, hold the burger together a little bit more um, and the juices and so on and so forth. But when you grill it, I usually not overcook, but I cook it longer on one side. That was key. The first side, wherever I put it down, I let it cook a little bit longer on that side because it starts to give it that little little bit of char, a little bit of crispy, like brown crispiness on one side. Then when you flip it, the egg has already been cooked because the egg usually cooks is the first thing to cook. And you have that crusty like side. And when you flip it, Forget it. Good so night. Easy. Yeah. So good. And I usually don't cook it long on that last side. And then you add your cheese if you want to. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty easy. And that little trick just works so well to hold those venice burgers together. So I think it's important to note you put fat in your burger. Yes, good point. Yes, I, I put pork fat in my burger. My butcher does that for me. He does beef fat, pork fat, bacon fat, like I mean, whatever I want, he'll put in there. I When I get my deer processed, I tell him, steaks and hamburg, nothing else. I don't want any stew meat. I don't want roast. I don't want anything. Just steaks and hamburg, and I don't want any fat added at all. So I'm just getting a bunch of just venison. I, it's like just a straight-up <laughs> venison. I mean, I've with the egg, I haven't had eggs before. I'm like, oh, crap, I don't have eggs. What can I— I've used butter before. It does help hold it together, but in my opinion, it's it's not as it's almost like overpowering. It's almost like too rich. Yeah, it kind of makes me sick a little bit. Yeah. See, I your burgers are amazing, but when when I'm cooking them, it's a little different because I have no fat, so it really wants to crumble on me. And I do the same trick with the egg, but I don't put any seasoning in it, and I just cook it in the fry pan. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't have, like, the, the grill effect for the burger, but it still comes out juicy and stays together because you don't have to deal with, like, the grill actually, like, breaking it apart because yep. you have the smooth surface of the pan, and it comes out amazing. I mean, I had a, bur- I had a venison burger we, at work. We, uh, I did, like, a venison burger competition between my coworker and I, and he usually cuts his own and processes his own uh, venison, but he adds bacon to his burger and oh my lanta it is he's done it enough where he knows how much bacon to add to his his grinder for his hamburg oh my god dude it is it is so freaking good i was we had leftover burgers and i was like you're not taking those home he's like do you want them i was like yes so i ate burgers for like two days straight and it was just so good just as good if not just a margin better than mine it was that good i mean nothing special did it like change the flavor you got like hints of it it wasn't like wow i bite into this it was like uh, i don't even know how to describe it 
almost like a it's like a smoky kind of like depends on what bacon you use maybe i don't know i don't know have to try it uh maybe maybe i'd like to Hmm. but it, it was definitely interesting Another great thing that your butcher does is make excellent sausages, both breakfast and Italian. He's done a new, uh, he does a maple sausage, like a breakfast sausage, and the batch that I got, he's actually diverged from that recipe, and he's taken on a new recipe, and he says it's like 100% better than the actual recipe that I had for my sausage. Still good. But you get, <clears throat> it's not like – I wish the maple was a little bit more overpowering in a sense just because that breakfasty, like, caramelized maple sausage that you usually get. And I get patties. I get the I get the ground sausage. Um, I don't get the links. So I make mine – so I just get the hamburg. Yep. And then I've experimented making it my own. That's right. You did. It's actually pretty good. I mean, it's not – it doesn't have, like, the fattiness to it. Right. So you can't really just eat it. You have to have it as part of a dish, like right. spaghetti sauce or whatever. Mm, that's dude. The other night we made spaghetti and meatballs, and for meatballs we just kind of like added the sweet sausage to it, mix that in. So good. So that, easy. I know. So easy. Brown up your sausage, add it to your sauce. That's literally what I did. I just done. I just thawed it and I mixed it right there. Done. Super easy. So easy. So good. And let's be real. I usually go with the venison sausage because that's that's ice fishing food, man. A little bit of scoops, you know, tortilla yeah, scoops. so good. So good. Literally just, you know, cook it on a griddle, scoop it with some chips. Finger food, baby. Oh, so good. With my So with my deer not having any fat nor being in sausage form, I do a lot of Mexican foods with it. So you got your typical burrito and tacos, but I also do enchiladas. Mm-hmm quesadillas i do at school all the time and they're freaking good you gotta show me that it's actually i made it up the recipe on my own i have a mis- grill mates mesquite rub Ooh. i mix it in with the hamburg i scribble the hamburg yep then i have another like bigger pan put uh like a f- tortilla yep put the meat cheese lettuce more cheese brown brown both sides come up pizza cutter and then you have uh, on the border salsa oh my and gosh. sour cream. Yep. Sometimes I add a little red pepper flakes if I want spice or jalapenos. And the cheese is key because that's what pretty much holds it together. And then another thing I did, I didn't tell you this. So I did the same thing with browning the meat with mesquite. Yeah. Then I just put it in a big bowl and I added a like a frick ton of cheese. Just shredded. Mix it up. It's the perfect dip with chips ah so good oh my brother-in-law makes a killer italian sausage velveta cheese dip that will rock your world it is so unhealthy but it's so damn good i'll be sitting in the bathroom for hours just thinking about it well it's not marinara but (laughs) yeah we don't have the spaghetti sauce too often (laughs) um but uh, no, the Italian sausage is just so versatile. You can even do like a Philly cheesesteaks I've done. Even just taking a regular hamburg, take some cheese, um, cook up brown, put whatever seasoning you want in there with the peppers, onions, yeah. mushrooms. And then add your cheese and let that melt. And then boom, put it on a like a sandwich roll. Dude, amazing. But I think your 
best recipe, mm. your chili. <sighs> and I cook it the same way, just make it a fuck ton spicier. Dude can't can't uh, reveal, but uh, you know it is good. It's a sweet and spicy. I would say, it's just fucking perfect. Yeah. So it's not watery. It's not nope. Like too um, like doughy almost nope. or sticky. Nope. Perfect consistency. Yep. Like perfect amount of ingredients of everything. A little bit of cornbread. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I'll give the general gist of how I do it. There, uh, I do a can of kidney beans, pinto beans. Um, I do two pounds. It's a meat chili. I do two pounds of or two packages of venison Hamburg. Uh, cook it up, brown it up. I don't really add. I add a chili seasoning to it that you can just buy at like a supermarket, um, like a low sodium because there's, I mean, there's a lot of sodium that's in that uh, stuff that I add to it. So I kind of cut back on that by getting less sodium, and then like a corn salsa, and people are like, oh, you ruined it, the corn salsa. But the corn salsa is the sweetness. That's where the sweet comes from. I you can play around with whatever salsas you want to add to it. That's what I did. So I went with a medium salsa on this one, which gave it a little. A little bit of a kick. I go with the spiciest one I can get, and then yeah. I add jalapenos and then red pepper flakes, yep. and then more hot sauce. Yep. <laughs> I've actually experimented by adding like a tomato paste, also like a tomato sauce, like a spaghetti sauce. I've done that before, um, but uh, that's pretty much it. It's pretty basic. It's, it's really easy. So easy to make. Throw so in, good. Throw in the crock pot, and I usually cook it on high because what I've experienced is with the chili. You know, the higher that I cook, the higher temperature for the longer amount of time, it seems like the more and more I cook it, even when it's reheated, I think it's better. When it's reheated, it's just well. Oh my gosh, it's so good. So good. Um, but yeah, the chili, it's taken me a while to get to. Um, I was blessed by getting a piece of paper that just told me what to do. And then I've kind of done my own little twist on it. Yeah. And that's and what's I cool enjoy about it. it. My, right. And you, I enjoy yours still, but I love mine just yeah. as much. I. Dude, if I just have something that's, like, mild, I sweat. Like, if I could eat hot food, I would. <laughs> it would look like I just ran, like, a marathon. I, I just sweat so easily. I just, I, I just love spicy food, man. Like, I ate it today at work. I had, like, a sweatshirt on. Took off my sweatshirt, and I'm sitting there, like, sweating, and people are like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm eating chili, but it's so good. <laughs> oh, it's just, oh. But cornbread in there. Oh, it just it adds that special touch, that, that extra texture. Mm, it's good. So another thing you can do with your crock pot that, you know, I'm not, I've experienced, I've done, but I'm, I've kind of favored away from it. Like if you do cube steaks, um, which is like rolling it through basically like a, a grinder, in a, not a grinder, but a, um, it basically like gives you like little patterns in your steak. Um, I've used that and I've used, I've used steaks in my stews, if you will. Uh, but uh, uh, the cube steak works the best for, for stews, in my opinion. I always brown them, put a little flour on them, and then throw them in there. And I'll, pre, I'll buy a pre-mix of, like, a vegetable frozen bag. You can do fresh veggies if you're into that. I'm all about the easiness, <laughs> you know, especially for, you know, college student, it's, it's much easier. But, like, a frozen, like, uh, veggie bag, tear that open, dump it in your – add some broth, a little bit of red wine in there, too. I'm not a big – stew or soup guy i've actually gotten away from it i really have i'm just i don't know like i i want to eat the meat in it and then have like a side with it not have it all mixed up in this soupy concoction of stuff 
I mean, I've gotten far away from roasts, and I, I just I not I don't fancy it. My mom, and shout out mom, <laughs> makes the best venison roast of all time. I don't know what the heck she does. I gotta try it. I I need to I need to ask her. I have a roast in the freezer waiting. I just need to ask. But I also that takes like a little more care. I don't want to screw it up. I only have one. So I don't I just don't want to bring it to her and have her cook it. I but myself I have not cooked a roast. Mom makes it best. Yep. It's just a fact. We're going to have to have your uh, mom run a roast up to Maine <laughs> yep, here pretty we're quick. Definitely going to need that. But I I wouldn't say I favor you know the the roast, if you will. Like I'll I'll do one maybe once or twice a year, but it's really not up. Uh, do you not really even alley. get them from your butcher? No, nah, I've I've gotten away from that. I really have. I've I grind it in the yeah, burger, that's sausage. That's what I do. Something that's more like versatile for me. Um, mm-hmm. I can make more meals out of it. But I think the last thing that we can't forget about is the organs of the deer. And I think of the organs that are left in the woods. Yeah crazy liver heart liver heart the heart in my opinion the second best part of the deer yeah tenderloin number one yep and and something about the heart man so freaking good in a fry pan butter montreal never steering away from it if you've never had it the texture of it is it's unique Definitely unique. It's unique. It's a much denser type of muscle fiber. Every, like, bite, mm. like, every gram of deer heart is just packed with nutrients, too. Yeah. Because it's an organ meat. Yep. But uh, I just I always can't wait. I always have that right the day of the kill. You know, I couldn't uh, couldn't salivate over Ace's heart because um it was gone <laughs> when I got to it. <laughs> I'm, like, reaching in. I'm, like... It's supposed to be right here. Oh, there's a piece. Yeah. There's, yep, there's a piece. I actually had an arrow sticking in one of them just a little bit. Yeah, but that's the great part about an arrow. I know. It was cool. It's I was literally in... just a knife blade going yeah, through. Like, man. it don't matter. It does not matter. I've also been experimenting with the liver this year. How do you cook that? So, this year, I've improved the game of the liver because if you haven't had it, very weird has a weird taste the weird iron? smell is it like i couldn't tell you it's just weird i don't know mm. what to say it's just like spongy weird. i know yeah i, I yes, really yes, don't know how else yes. to describe it other than spongy and pungent pungent i like it's like had a weird ass taste to it yeah but what i read online and i know i don't really know exactly these old tricks but you can soak it in milk apparently yeah. that does some sort of like a two percent milk or like a i just had my one percent i'm not kind of free so just any milk I just put not mi- skim probably i i'm not sure maybe it makes a huge difference maybe soak it in milk and then when you take it out i like cut it up put it in flour fry pan onions it was actually pretty good it wasn't bad definitely better than how i had it before hmm because I will say I'm not the biggest fan of the liver, but I am trying so hard to become a fan. It's just kind of tough. I, uh, I, you know, I gave it to somebody that loves liver. My neighbor loves liver. It's like, either a love or a hate. I don't really feel a lot of people in between, and I am trying so hard. I always bring it home with me. They're like, did you, did you get the liver? I was like, do you have a bag? And they're like, what? I'm like, do you want it? They're like, yeah. I was like, all right. 
I'll get it for you. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Huge. I mean, comparable, if not bigger, than a turkey breast. That's a perfect, perfect comparison. Yeah. Like, it would over, like, lay a dinner plate. It's huge. You could... It's kind of hard to eat it as a one-man team over here. Oh, my here gosh. Because I, like, you can't really freeze it. I can't imagine you can freeze it. I, I, I'm entertaining this idea. I'm throwing it out there, and I don't know. And people will be like, hell no. Uh, Crockpot? Dude, I have no idea. <laughs> it's, a, it's tough. Something for... we got to do this year. I think it would be great if our listeners would email us their liver recipe or how they cook it, their preferred way, at gripandgrinpodcast at gmail.com. I bet it'll be amazing because I only have one real, quotation, successful liver recipe. Yeah. I bet people out there have are salivating at the idea of liver, and I would love to join that group that just can't wait to have liver. And it's big enough where we could easily, like, Try one recipe. Try another recipe. Try, yes, because like, there's so freaking much. Yeah, definitely. It's such a waste. I just want to like enjoy it. And Utilize, I always take it home and I yeah. eat it, but I'm not always smiling as it's going down. I get a little <laughs> sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, we hope you enjoyed our food episode of Emptying the Freezer. Please like and subscribe uh, at, at our Grip and Grin page for us. And as always, get in the woods. Get on the water.